Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Are you troubled by stale podcasts in the middle of the night? Do you love films that feature the busting of spooks, specters, or ghosts? If the answer is yes, then don't wait another minute. Ghostbusters Resurrection is an RPG audio drama combining tabletop gaming and cinematic paranormal elimination adventures. Call the professionals at nerdyshow.com slash ghostbusters. We are ready to believe you. The following program is presented by the Nerdy Show Network. Geeky programming for all nerds and otaku across the multiverse. All Nerdy Show programming is made possible by A Comic Shop, Orlando's number one comic shop and nerd destination. And with the generous support of listeners like you. To learn how you can support this and other fine geek programming, visit nerdyshow.com. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Wicked Anime Podcast. This is episode 171, and I am your stupid, awesome analyst, John Starr. And with me is the hard man with hard opinions, AFLM. Hi. And our king baby duck, Evan. Konnichiwa, my bastards and wenches. And Elite Four Dirk. Hi, guys! Hello. So, we got some uh, good stuff today. We got an interesting topic for today based off of one of our news stories. So, we will uh, be sure to do We got some Into the West. We got some... Uh, probably other stuff that we'll, um, that we'll be talking about. Editor Greg isn't here today, so, um, I don't know. We'll see how it goes. Every, everything in here is going to be up to future Greg in order to, in order to figure out. And he's listening to this right now in the editing process. Well, not right now because you're listening to it after post-editing. Anyways, this is I picture like... I picture, like, future Greg having this epic beard and holding, like, an hourglass in his hand and a giant staff just listening to this episode. It sounds like regular Greg. <laughs> that's, that's Greg all the time. He has, he has that, that beard just sitting in his room and he wears it while he edits. <laughs> Except instead of a staff, it's a gun. <laughs> could, it, could you imagine, like, an editor having a fake beard so that they could stroke it while they were... Well, Anyway. There has to be one guy who does that. At least one guy. Who has a fake beard to stroke while he thinks? Yes. Even if he has a beard, he puts a fake beard over it. I would. Mm-hmm. Two beards. One beard would be long enough to hold snacks. Anyways, one's let's ring... Naked, one's for loving. <laughs> let's ring the news bell. Hang on. <laughs> Almost. Okay. Yeah, we got it. Okay, cool. Got it. That was pathetic. So is most news. Yeah, I have a I have a drawer that has all of my wicked anime equipment in it now, and News Bell Jam lives in a drawer. So mm-hmm. right next yeah. to where we record, but 
Anyways. New story. Yes. <laughs> Alright, so first off, don't panic. Okay. Done. Because apparently... <laughs> Wait, I'm panicking. Alright, calm down. No, that's just basic anxiety because you're in anticipation for what he's going to talk about. So, a bunch of light novel authors, including Carlos Zen, the creator of Saga of Tiny the Evil, and Tape Nagatsuki, the creator of ReZero, are teaming up for a self-published light novel titled The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Isekai. So, this actually really encourages me just on the fact that everybody in Japan also knows what The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy is. Mm -hmm. Because if you haven't... Like, okay, so I've never really read a novel novel in my life just because that's not the way my brain works. I can't process just text alone. I need pictures to go along with it. Except for The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. It's the only book series that I've ever fully read and comprehended in one, in, in a sitting. Um, so if you have not read it, do yourself a favor. If you love sci-fi, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Now it mm-hmm. seems like we got a new tribute to that. Am I right? Yes, and it's being published for, I think for what's going on right now, Comic Cat 96. Oh. So it's out? Yeah. Comic Cat is happening actually, right now during this recording. Yeah, actually it says right here, this this special circle will be uh, located on August 11th, which is the day of this recording. Or technically it already happened because it's now uh, August 12th in Japan. Interesting. Um, wow. That So, I, I'm curious as to how fast of a commodity... Because you know how... If anybody knows how Comic Cat works, everything that's good there basically sells out in an instant. You have to go directly to what you want right away because it will sell out as, as long as supply is in demand. And I wonder if this is going to be a hot commodity because it's written by so many people who done who have done famous things. Yes. It's it's weird though because um it, it it's a comic has a doujin fest so it, like these guys aren't aren't doujin writers they're they're legit writers but technically mm-hmm. this is a doujin, right? So somewhat somewhat but what's um, but a lot of actual like big named writers, big manga writers will actually make special dojins for Comic Cat, which become massive collectors' items. Hmm. That makes a lot of sense, and probably I mean, makes Clamp sense. has done it. Uh, the yeah. creator of Monster Musume has done it. I think, um, I, th- I think uh, Keiichi Arari, the creator of Nichijou, has done it. A lot of authors do this. So, are there examples of what the uh, authors themselves have put into the book yet? There isn't, but the synopsis... I have the synopsis right here. It says, These days, everyone and everything seems to be thrown into an isekai. Perhaps you may be the next person to journey through another world. Are you prepared? Mentally, as well as physically? The six authors have assembled the things you need to bring and the things you need to know in order to allay your worries about transferring or reincarnating into another world. If you study up on their experiences and their stories then you'll do fine no matter which world you get thrown into. Probably. Let this book be the strongest contender for developing the Nobel Isekai Prize. Okay, so they're aware of the problem. <laughs> yeah. There's only there's only so many so many different ty- kinds of Isekai. If we write a book about it, then we can cover the whole thing. It's like when when the uh, when the talking heads started to to phase out 
of the Talking Heads and they started to go their own separate ways. They made their live concert movie called Stop Making Sense. And then when mm-hmm. that movie uh, came out, um, uh, David Burns uh, was like, well, the the movie does our tours for us now because it's basically every concert. So why should we even start playing anymore? So hopefully this means that all isekais are going to be over now that they have a guide to making your own. <laughs> Fingers crossed. Or the or the opposite problem's going to happen, and now we're going to have five times as many isekai. <laughs> right, because everybody has a rule book on how to make at, them. At first, but then it'll dip very sharply. <laughs> We were hoping that would happen when the isekai started. But it hasn't yet. All right. <laughs> no, that's the problem! So <laughs> how does Fonzie jump the shark? How does it end? Alright, well, we can get back to this topic when we actually talk about it in our Tapagachi. Yes. Such, such questions for the universe. Our Tapagachi for today is going to be further exploring this topic, and we're going to be putting what we think should go into an isekai... isekai uh, Hitchhiker's Guide. News. Well, one of the most popular uh, isekai out right now, Overlord, uh, at a recent convention in, I believe, in Germany, there was a convention where the creators of Overlord were there, and they announced it a fourth season where it's going to be made by Madhouse. Okay. Yes! Einzel Goon! Lizard sex! <laughs> This is good news. You know, Overlord is a show that like like really grew on me. It took me a little bit to get into, despite the fact that I actually did help with a bit of the English in the opening theme song. But like, it took a little bit for me to get into. But it's a very fun anime series and a good light novel series from what I hear. I uh, I watched the first episode of season one and said, "Yeah, I get it." Now that was that was one of those I, for me. I I'm kind of on a weird up and down roller coaster with. Overlord, where I watch it for a little bit, then I watch it a lot, then I watch it for a little bit, then I watch it at all, then maybe I'll go back go back to it. <laughs> so we'll see. I, I, season, which one had the lizards in it? Was that season two or three? That was season two. two okay, yeah. so I'm stuck on season two, and I'm like trudging through it because it's like I don't give. A it is the lizards. slowest. It, it, believe me, season three is so much better. Yes. Cool. See, Derek can get, can attest. Yeah, I have a second opinion. I'm kind of embarrassed for why I so immediately got attached to it, but it reminded me of when I ran a clan of 200 people on RuneScape. <laughs> no, I I know this kid's character. Oh my god, yes, that was me. I was leading this clan. I had one of my own. So uh, Andrew and I used to have a, or we used to have a super group and a villains group in League of, uh, not League of, sorry, uh, City of Heroes and yep. City of Villains. Mm-hmm. But when that was still running, and we had, what were they called? Justice for Hire. No, uh, we had Forever Heroes for for City of Heroes. City of Heroes. Uh, the corrupt for the corrupt. Yeah, that's right. For city villains. It was really funny because people had some really awesome characters. And we it, it were it were, it were they were people that we just picked up off the street and we were in we were in missions with them. It's like, hey, you want to be a part of super super group? Well, it's also really cool because we were in city of villains so incredibly early that we were able to get a name just the corrupt. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, uh, Good times. I worked my way up the rankings in my clan, and then was given the clan eventually after like a year. <laughs> so you became Eins. Exactly. Yeah. 
It's two now, men they... left one by one. Uh, it was just me. Yeah, just like Eines. <laughs> yeah, and then the game shut down, right, exactly. <laughs> Actually, still running. I'm trying to recover my account, but I don't have my AOL address that I linked it with. <laughs> so that's posing to be a little bit of an obstacle right now. <laughs> Try your Hotmail. No, I actually, I know my username, I know my password, but there's some sort of account authenticator that they implemented with it, and I have that tied to one of my old phones that I've gotten rid of, and apparently you need to have the same program, that same authenticator program, authenticate it while you're trying to sign in, no matter how long (laughs) it's been, and you can't shift it. (laughs) Yeah, that... That doesn't surprise me at all. So I'm at the point, like, do I really feel like contacting RuneScape support right now? Uh, have I sunk that low? <laughs> yes, you should see how they are. You should see how they're doing. Well, enough, of, <laughs> enough of that past. <laughs> Overlord, Season 4, RuneScape Edition. Yep. Yeah. Selling full rune. <laughs> <laughs> So, kids, do you want to be like Senku from Dr. Stone and do some really fun experiments? Well, now you can. (laughs) So they are releasing a book called Dr. Stone no Saikyu Jukyu Kenkyu, or Dr. Stone's Ultimate Independent Research, which goes through the steps of how to make balloons out of garbage bags, how to make a telescope out of a magnifying glass, how to make cola out of special ingredients and various other things. And note that these are the very safe experiments that kids could do. These aren't the really... Uh, you can't make explosions with with this book. Uh, that's too bad. So Although, I'm, it looks like you can learn how to make a bottle rocket, though. Yeah. According to the cover. I'm uh, I'm, I'm all caught up on, on Dr. Stone through the manga, meaning that I've, I've read farther than the... Probably up until season one, I would imagine. The end of season one. Possibly. I, I This is going to be definitely a multiple season series. Oh, I certainly hope so. It's great. But um, What I, did I tell you? I've gotten um, all the way through uh, up until what's available right now uh, on, on release. So uh, there's a lot of really cool science stuff that they do. I, I loved... Um, well, I'll just, I'll just leave it at... I love when they start experimenting with a bunch of different rocks. <laughs> just not to spoil anything for you know for the rest of the season will it tell you how to unpetrify things i don't know Smelling maybe there salt. might be yeah <laughs> yes <laughs> nitric acid <laughs> and bat shit yep so going back to isekai unfortunately although maybe a good one the new uh anime series based off of Konosuba creator Natsumi Akatsuki's uh, manga series, Kimonomichi, had its first preview. And? It looks pretty entertaining. Um, it's about a pro wrestler who becomes a pet store owner in another world. Oh, I uh, okay, I heard about this. Well, well you, you sent us the article earlier. Uh, the princess of this other world tells the wrestler that he has to go out and defeat all the monsters and demons. And uh, he responds by giving her a Jumbrin suplex. So is there is there a preview to this the, yeah. to this series? Yeah. Okay. That's yeah. why I said there's a yeah, that's what I said in the news article. There's a preview. To the Discord first actually. I see. Yeah, yeah, that's right. It, the Discord people first brought it up. Yeah, maybe. let's see if he scores gold again. Huh? I said maybe. I don't know if I'm going to watch this one. I no. Don't, I don't, I'm not like super huge on the premise. Like the premise doesn't look great. 
It, I, I don't know. Well, it might surprise you. It's I right. Mean, like think about every anime where you go like, oh, the premise doesn't really get me into it. But then we're like, oh, this show was actually really great. Look, I'm having a tough time keeping up with anime I want to watch this season. Seriously. <laughs> so. As part of a collaboration project with the K-State Electric Railway in Tokyo, a time-limited one-year, well, one-year limited photo spot with a life-size figure of Takagi-san was set up at the Hikifune Station, so people can take their pictures with the with the cute girl with the big giant forehead. Okay, so first of all, I saw this article and I saw the pictures. We're not talking life-size here. Takagi-san is bigger than a fully grown adult. Like. <laughs> This is, it's it's horrifying when you actually... Twice the life size. Well, maybe Rie Takahashi's really small. Uh, I mean, that would mean that, that Rie Takahashi would be smaller than an elementary school student. Well, it says that she's five foot three, so she's not... Uh, okay, there may be some tall elementary school students. Who knows? Five foot three. Okay, so that's that's the same height as my wife. I don't. I don't know. It it doesn't seem that way when you look at the pictures. And not to mention, like they really bring the forehead thing to life because her head is humongous. Like I I I saw it. And I was and I was just like it, it. It tipped the scales on the on the uncanny valley so far. And it will talk to you too. By the way, yeah. Will it? Will you just sit down and it'll just go? It'll, one of the lines says nudge me in the ribs which I think is a reference to I think season one I would be like no I'm, 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 just, <laughs> no, I'm gonna go over here now I, I just gotta go away <laughs> <laughs> you, yeah go ahead move on okay Greg cut out the dead air future Greg <laughs> no dead air I, I think he knows to cut out the dead air I would certainly hope so Okay, so I think with this news, I think we could all calm down because I feel it's very it's very important and it helps cement the fact that it's going to be a great series. The live-action Cowboy Bebop producer has confirmed that Ayn will be a Corgi. Oh boy, I was so worried that it was going to be a pit bull. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so just finishing the series, I'm disappointed they're doing live-action. Yeah. Right? I really... Uh, I, just leave it be. It's you don't need to touch it. Yeah, especially with the cast that they chose, I'm really just like, what else is new? Like, next! Next. <laughs> uh, I just wanted Keanu Reeves to still be a part of it. And that's I would have watched it if Keanu Reeves was still getting his his script done. But nope. Too expensive, they said. Half a billion. Yeah. Half a billion. 200 million. money, I guess. 200 million they said it would cost for the best property ever made yep it would it would be a cash count they make it all back but no keanu reeves doesn't know good enough so you know what screw that and now he's making john wick and he's like flipping everybody off who told him no yep exactly Mm-hmm. although it would be funny if john wick had a corgi instead of a pitbull <laughs> <laughs> All right, so how about... Okay, so this is a mixture of strange news and possibly fetish of the week. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> it's time for Japan's fetish of the week? Yes. <laughs> so uh, so let me uh, paint you a little bit of a picture. You're walking around, minding your own business, enjoying the day, just seeing the sights, and then all of a sudden... <laughs> 
Uh-oh, I got a bad case of no reason boner. What's a guy to do? Well, over in Japan, Tenga has unveiled the world's first masturbatory aid vending machines in Japan. Self-service, self-pleasure for 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. You just dirtied Whistlecoon. You dirty her. <laughs> him? I thought, no, Whistlecoon would be a him. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. well, the, well, the very first time I brought out Whistlecoon was for Bible Black, so it, he's always been filthy. Um, so I heard about this actually. I did too, and nobody is going to buy from them. Like, not nah, I, I, I. Japan is already so self-conscious about everything that they do, and it's anonymous, and like they don't even marry each other anymore to the like the point where they're not going to use a tanga vending machine. I just don't see it being profitable at all. But uh, who knows? Not- <laughs> I'll I'll walk in in my finest suit and top hat and monocle and tap dance inside and buy myself one. Yeah. But yeah. It, they already kind of exist. They're just not tanga and they're not on the streets. They're like in the malls. Because they, they have, um, when I went to Japan, you can go to the uh, 18 plus gotcha machines. Mm-hmm. And they kind of have those kinds of things. Yeah. So, now, it's not unheard of, but it's not Tenga branded, which Tenga is a massive, massive Japanese brand for which is funny, sex toys. Which is funny that they're so public to begin with. Because if you say, like, if I asked you right now, name a single product that's American, that is a part of the sex toy industry, you would not be able to name one that's not Dustin Diamond. Yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, in, in the fact that you just know a brand name in Japan at all is just flabbergasting. Um, I will say that, Evan, your, your opening story to painting this picture of... A, a random boner in the park is like that's that's like for twelve year olds and fourteen year olds. So like and dating sex bank from Ninja Sex Party. Uh, all right. So do they have access? Like, does every single person have access to these machines, or do is there a way to see whether or not they're eighteen years or older to buy these products? Well, let me see. Looking at the picture here. It looks like nobody's there watching it at all. Well, that's because nobody wants to go anywhere near it. <laughs> like, even, I bet you even the newscaster was like, "I'm just taking these pictures for research." I swear. <laughs> all right, if we can get if we can get a, the sales records for for these a couple of weeks down the line, we'll report back to see how well it's doing. See how it goes. All right, we <laughs> should probably tell Sora News this. I think I think they should be the ones that are doing the research. They're not the ones who wrote the article? That sounds like a very sore news article. They are the ones, yeah, they oh, are okay. the ones who All wrote right. that. Yep. All right, perfect. Yes. And so is this one. This is also a sore news article dealing more with the fetish of the week. And apparently, according to recent research, Japanese boobs are growing more than ever. <laughs> what? what? Uh, yeah. I mean, it... Huh. What are they putting in their food? <laughs> Fish? Well, that's a given. Yeah. Rice? <laughs> that's it. Eat more that's fish, it. get bigger boobs. Sorry, so this was done by... This sounds like it could Sorry. be like an anthropological study. 
So a uh, so a bra manufacturer called Triumph International Japan did this study for, collected in 2018, and it appears that the, that breast sizes have gone up since the last couple of years. Or they're stuffing more. When you were growing up, did you happen to notice that your boobs got bigger? I did. Holy crap, they're getting bigger. Okay, so I guess the question is, when they say they're growing, does it mean when an individual or, like, in general with the population? I imagine that it, that the study is on the population as a whole, people's boobs sizes are getting bigger. I'm just being facetious. Okay. <laughs> these are the important things. I just need to nail these facts down. Yes, I know. <laughs> Yeah, I, I imagine you on the other end of the microphone with your pen. We're getting to the and bottom paper. of this. Yeah. <laughs> like how He's going big, full blown Sherlock right now. How big though is what I'm asking. I'm drawing a stick figure for my notes for comparison, so I need to know <laughs> what to draw. <laughs> hmm, you're right, that is bigger. <laughs> um how many robots did they survey? Yes, uh, if you build them that way, they would certainly need big bras. So yeah, that, that would fit the survey. <laughs> How many robots did you survey? We don't know. We can't tell. Oh, no. Japan would be the first country to make a Roomba that has boobs for no practical reason. It's probably already happened. <laughs> don't you remember the episode of BattleBots? Boobzilla! <laughs> Anyways, uh, all right. How about we go into the West before it gets a little bit more awkward? (laughs) Yeah, sure. (laughs) Hi, Greg. (laughs) So he's got his hands in his beard and just saying why, why. We should we should revisit Greg on the next episode and say, hey, what did you think of the editing process of this episode? Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> and then he just hands over the keys to the studio <laughs> we don't have those alright so let's go into the west because last week on Cartoon Network one of my favorite shows okay, Kyo, Let's Be Heroes had an epic crossover and that was with the characters of Sonic the Hedgehog and Tails invading OKKO I saw this and I loved this episode because not only did it pay homage to the original old school Sega Genesis cartoons, but it also paid tribute to both the adventures of Sonic the Hedgehog and the Saturday morning Sonic the Hedgehog cartoon all within a good 15 minutes. And it was amazing. Hmm. So were Sonic and Tails in the entire episode? Yes. This That's... That's weird. How how did that happen? Like, did, so is OKKO OK just one of those fifteen minutes of story and then nothing else? Like, or it doesn't? Yeah, connect. but there was good character development that goes on through throughout the entire series. It's, I gotcha. It's one of the better Cartoon Network shows. It's it is more focused on really being funny and action packed than it is trying to be some sort of you know, <clears throat> Steven Universe sort of thing. <laughs> the uh, the reason why I ask is just because in in the universe of OKKO, does does Sonic and Tails just immediately suddenly showing up out of nowhere make sense? Or did they just do, shoehorn in a nostalgia episode for an older audience? Well, he has his own power card, so he does exist in that realm. What, okay. I'm, what I'm also thinking is, doesn't Cartoon Network have or have or had some sort of Sonic the Hedgehog cartoon that they've been playing? They had 
They had Sonic Boom, oh, which was right. surprisingly yeah, so better than the Sonic Boom cartoon. And the ability to put him in places, if there's a contract or something. That so makes sense. It could have been a very I'm, easy cameo. Was that Cartoon I'm, Network or was it Nickelodeon? I, no, it that was Cartoon, Cartoon Network. Network. Oh, okay. And they did a huge... They collaborated with... Um, Sonic team on the episode as well, so they collaborate with the people from Japan. And what's interesting is that Uh-oh. the um, the person who plays the villain on OKKO, Lord Boxman, is Jim Cummings, who voiced Doctor Robotnik in the Saturday Morning cartoon back in the day. Yeah, I'm not surprised about that at all. He's voiced everybody yeah, he's like and one everything of the most ever. Voice actors on the face of the planet. Now, the big question in line, and I hope that you, speaking of voices, I hope you know where I'm going with this. Yeah. Julia no, White. it's not. Nope, nope. It's a Roger Craig Smith who did who did the voice. Oh, okay. Wait, why but about they her? kept really well to the spirit of the cartoon. They even had one of the minions of um, of Lord Boxman actually do the laugh that scratched a robot chicken hat. Hmm. That uh, that sort of one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and to answer your question, Derek, Jaleel White was the original Sonic in the American Sonic the Hedgehog cartoon. Really? Damn. Yes. Urkel, yeah. right? Yeah. Yep, yeah, you're right. Damn. Yeah. Imagine being eight years old and being like, Urkel voices Sonic, but Sonic's cool and I'm... Urkel's a nerd. How does that work? Evan, I'm 30 years old and I'm doing that right now. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, yeah. it was a great episode, and I'm hoping this might actually lead to more like crossovers like this. Yeah, like if if OKKO can get a Japanese property to show up in their show, what's to say Goku shows up in OKKO? What's to say Sailor Moon shows up in OKKO? Considering what that, yeah. Cartoon Network's worth, like, almost a billion dollars. They have the money to do it. Yeah, actually, I don't know about that. Yeah. Not for much longer. <laughs> well, so they have the rights to play the episodes, but to make new content in a crossover, that's a lot of money you got to pay the Japanese companies to okay that. <laughs> right. That's why Sonic Boom works, is because they are making the content for it. Exactly. That's a Cartoon right. Network product. Well... Yes the- and no. Cartoon Network licensed it, but it's actually a French cartoon. Well, oh, hard that, that your French. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, but to but to keep with the whole anime aspect, the opening of OKKO OK is actually animated by Studio Trigger. Oh yeah, that's right. We've talked about that before. You didn't give yeah. me a trigger warning. What? <laughs> um. Actually, just a quick side note, speaking of crossovers and Steve Urkel, um, revisiting uh, Guess Who, or Scooby-Doo and Guess Who. Yes. Um, So it has been severely lacking since like the first three episodes, I would say. Okay, because you and I are, are kind of like on a disagreement of this one, because my favorite episode so far has been the Ricky Gervais one. Yeah, and the Ricky Gervais one is my least favorite episode. I might be a little biased, because I, I'm, I hate Ricky Gervais, he's not funny, um, but, I, but also that episode was just really awkward to begin with. And I know that Ricky Gervais has like that ability to like poke at the awkward because of like it just... 
like it, almost like that uh, the office character that he plays. Right, the I, David Brent. Yeah, but um, yeah, I, I don't know. I just I didn't like it. I um, just thought it was just funny. It was like oh, like um, um. Like, they go, oh, I think I've solved the mystery who it is. And Ricky's like, well, tell us now. Come on. Why, why aren't you telling me? Don't keep it a secret. Come on. Right. And I and I don't know. Because they're not afraid of that joke because they've done it in, like, the first episodes. Like, in the Chris Paul episode when, when they were introducing so many different golfers. And it was like, a local curmudgeon hates children. Oh, it's definitely that guy. You know, like, oh, a money grubber who wants to destroy the school. It's definitely that guy. Like, the way they wrote that joke was funny, but Ricky Gervais just saying, like, come on, spit it out. Like, let's let's get this over with. Was It was a different flavor. And I, I just didn't like that, the way that they did this that joke that way. I don't know. So you didn't like it when you were like, that's dumb. You're dumb. Why are you saying it like that? No, that, that's stupid. Yeah. Because I, 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 I thought it was funny. I didn't really like Ricky Gervais just making fun of the heroes of the show. Right. And which is what you pay Ricky Gervais to do when you put him in the in with Scooby Doo. Right. I wouldn't pay Ricky Gervais for anything. That's that's the problem. So You know what? Throw, <laughs> throw Russell Brandt in there. He'll just act confused and run around the whole time. <laughs> and that'll actually feel like one of those old episodes of Scooby Doo with the celebrity that like is kind of relevant but not really, but you're just gonna animate him anyways. <laughs> um the the Penn and Teller episode I was really disappointed in too. I thought it was kind of boring. Oh, I haven't watched that one yet, so yeah. I'll I'll have to see. The Wonder Woman episode was eh, it was better, but it, I liked the Wonder Woman episode. I did like the um, I liked the whole Scooby and Wonder Woman sort of like like relationship that the two of them had. It was pretty cute. Right, Wonder Woman just loves dogs to death. So yeah, uh, yeah, I, I love that. That, I, that. that was that was a better episode. Um, the Steve Urkel one hasn't dropped yet, but that's the next episode to drop. And then the Jim Gaffigan ones after that, which I'm looking forward to. Yes. Oh my god, I was actually thinking of things that I would like celebrities that I would wish to see in there. Jim Gaffigan was one of them. But I'm also yeah. thinking, what would it look like if they ran into the kids from Stranger Things? That would be hilarious. See, yeah. that would be a great episode, right? <laughs> Um, yeah, but then the, after, after Jim Gaffigan, I'm looking forward to Keenan Thompson and then, uh, Weird Al and then that's probably it. They're gonna, they're doing a Batman episode as much as I love Batman. Like, I, I'm on, really ben hoping, Affleck. <laughs> I'm really hoping that the way that they're going to save that episode is the fact that they've had Batman on in the Scooby-Doo movies and they're going to play that up, you know? That's mm-hmm. the way that they're going to make that episode funny, not just having Batman on there for the sake of. Because I know it's it's Kevin Conroy's Batman, so it'd be funny if they go like, why why isn't this the Adam West Batman? Yeah, right. He used to be wacky. That's but... really going to make me feel it if I hear that. I'm like, you know, they could have had Adam West, but it's just too late. <laughs> um, yeah. So I I don't know. I'm hoping that it I'm hoping that it bounces back. What I'm hoping is that they're they're doing the thing that every every piece of media does which is you put all your best stuff first and then your second best stuff last and then the rest of it in the middle so hopefully it's just on a downward bell curve to come back but yeah guess who scooby-doo kind of yeah. a disappointing slope right now all right well why don't we talk about something that wasn't disappointing i think we'll um uh go into what we're watching 
The Return of Rocco's Modern Life. Disagree. It was disappointing. What? Yeah, it was incredibly fine and just mediocre. I liked it. Much I like enjoyed Rocco's it. Life. And well, and here's why. So it was fine. The problem was is after 20 years, it was a 45-minute special of a bunch of references of four seasons of Rocco's Modern Life. Like, we, yeah, it's like, oh, look, it's that thing from that episode, and oh, look, it's that thing from that episode. That thing singing the and, recycle song. And out of the 45 minutes of, that, of the episode, ten of those minutes were the two trailers that they dropped that were five minutes long. And so I didn't expect them to actually use that footage for the actual special. I thought they were just like teasers and Me too. I thought and, that they were strictly And so we only actually had a half hour of brand new content for it. And the story was only alright. Like it wasn't earth shattering or funny or like over like super funny or anything. it was just a forty five minute special. And it, 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 like, if, if there was going to be more of it, like, if there was going to be... Another season. Like, season I, like oh, this is going to introduce an entire season of Rocco. Then, okay, fine. Like, that's a good start to bring back Rocco. But they're not. It's just... Well, who's, who's to say? I mean, if, if a lot of people wind up watching it, Netflix will be like, oh, shit. Why don't we bring it back? I think Joe Murray would be happy to do something like that. Yeah, but if they Joe... do it that bad, though, and just I don't... make it seem like they're looking for a quick buck or a quick view. Yeah, like, I don't know. Joe Murray... Here, millennial, here's a reference. Watch this. Laugh. You guys yeah. love references, right? Yeah. And and Joe Murray has endlessly talked about how he just doesn't want to bring Rocco back. Like, in every single interview about Rocco, he's just like, no, I'm, I'm not going to bring it back. I don't want to do that. Which so, is weird because recently he's been like, I, if I was to bring Rocco back, it would have to be like the old way. It would have to be like nothing like toned down or anything. And I felt like the special showed that you could still do Rocco the old way. It felt like Rocco, but I think the reason why it felt like Rocco is because they were just cherry picking the some parts from the original Rocco's Modern Life. Like I said, like in in the beginning when they landed on the trash monster that was singing the recycle song, which was excellent by the way, because that's my least favorite episode of Rocco was the recycle episode. So seeing him kill him off like that felt good. I thought it was funny, but I, I don't think that he should have been in there in the first place. That's yeah, like because I, I don't know. It was it was fine. Like I just that's that's all I have. Like it was it was just oh right. Like it was it was fine. I I like Rocco. This was forty-five minutes more of Rocco, but that's but it. it but it didn't shatter my universe, and I didn't expect it to be like, wow, I can't wait for them to bring Rocco back because it's just like, oh, cool, like that was nice. Was well, at least they didn't shit all over what Rocco meant, like what the Powerpuff Girls reboot did. Uh, I don't even. I, I don't even think I've watched that. No, I, I'm not even. I'm not even. I watched that. a few episodes. It's. Uh, Do you guys want to hear a really quick and embarrassing story about Rocco's Modern Life? Absolutely. Yes. When I was a kid, I loved it. Did you guys have AIM? Yes. Yes. My first screen name, I named after the dog. Dude, I love that Spunky. dog. Spunky. Yeah. <laughs> Sp- okay. Spunk781. <laughs> and now I know what that means something else, Derek. 
<laughs> and that's how you're gonna log into RuneScape. No, no, no. Um. Oh my god. Yeah. There so you I go. mean, but end of story. Yeah. So I mean, you know, I, I liked it. It was it was Rocco, but it wasn't. I I didn't love it. I just I I I just saw it as a special, like a forty five minute special. And after it was over, I it was over. I it was All done. Right. I didn't like dwell on it. I've got higher hopes for the Invader Zim. Yeah. I was about to bring that up. Yeah. Because Johan has been fighting for years to bring back Invader Zim. Uh, Johan? Uh, yo, isn't it? Jonan. It's the J-H in his name and makes me want to call him Johan. Yeah. Yeah. Jonan Vasquez. Jonan Vasquez. Yes, uh, and and the the nice thing about Enter the Florpus is is where Joe Murray was very much in all of his interviews. Like, are you going to bring Rockle back? No. Uh, Jonan Vasquez is very much a like. Are, are you going to bring Invader Zim back? Yeah, I love Invader Zim. Yeah, it was Nickelodeon that screwed him up around. Yeah, that. exactly. Right. True. So, especially never give up. Like, especially because they they had an entire third, second, second and third season that they never aired. Yeah. Of of uh, actually, I believe it was third and fourth. No, it's it was second and third. Was it? Yep. Because I'm pretty sure that we had multiple seasons of Invader Zim. It no, was like over we had only yeah. 28 it, episodes. Really I think confusing because no, because the first season is like 20 episodes long. Mm-hmm. So there was enough epi- enough content to yeah. think you had two seasons, but it was really just one. And then the only episode they played of the second season was the Christmas one. Right. And then. Uh, and then, so you had season two, and then three was only on DVD. Yeah, so, um, so for those of you who who don't know this, um, so they released an Invader Zim uh, DVD pack where you can buy every episode ever. And on the DVD pack, on the last one, they have a special features one. They have like four episodes of just audio. Mm. So you can listen to four episodes of Invader Zim that were audio recorded but never animated. It's amazing. Oh, um, and seeing that we're kind of, sort of, still on the topic of Rocco, because we just kind of transitioned from... I, was, I just wanted to yeah. say that I'm looking forward to another Nickelodeon I, property. I also wanted to mention that I think the reason why it didn't have any impact on me was the way that they sold it. Mm. Because clearly they this was a special only made for people who watched Rocco when they were kids. Mm-hmm. And it mm-hmm. was not for a new audience. Like, they did not bring it in so they could be like... Let's introduce a new audience to Rocco. Like nobody's gonna care. Like kids, kids these days. Like it's it's labeled as like a family show, but it's really not because it's Rocco, and yeah. and it's labeled as like oh here's a new Nickelodeon special, but it's really not because it's just Joe Murray and Rocco. I feel mm-hmm. like with how things are lining up, it seems more natural that Rugrats all grown up would premiere now too. <laughs> that actually was ahead of its time. It didn't know the cliche yeah. that's happening right now. That yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, and actually, the interesting about All Growed Up is the episode where they time traveled ahead was called All Growed Up, and then the show itself was All Grown Up, so they could yeah. so they could actually sell it and market it. But anyway, by the time this recording has come out, there the Invader Zim movie will have been released because it's coming out on the sixteenth. That's good news because good news. we'll be able to talk about it. That's on when the next twi- that's when the Twilight Force album drops. So. That's going to be exciting. That's the first day of of Boston Comic Con. <laughs> so many things <laughs> happening. Yeah, right. It is. Wow. Oh, wow. That's coming up very fast. Uh huh. That's a Friday. <laughs> <laughs> so, what are we going to 
other things that we were watching because I believe Derek had a homework assignment that he completed. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, so, Greg and I had a little bit of a contest. Guess what, Greg? You lost. Uh, Cowboy Bebop <laughs> yeah. is completed in my files. Did you love it? <coughs> Excuse me. He's okay. so choked up. Yeah. <coughs> uh, future, future Greg, I thank you for cutting this out. Nope, that's not going anywhere. <laughs> All right, so actually, yeah, I did love it. Uh, I was actually disappointed that it seemed like it came to an end way too quickly. Like the st- like the whole series seemed to have a lot of one and done little mini stories, just like yep. episode based stories, and tried to tie together an overarching, you know, backstory or main story, I guess, but felt like yeah. a backstory, and then all of a sudden it became the main story in the last two episodes, and then the series was done. So right. that was I wish they would have gone like two or three episodes more and just like at least stretch that out to give it like a proper ending as opposed to just one two episode special i guess i suppose that's true but shinichiro watanabe is very inspired by western storytelling so you could kind of tell that that's where it went a lot of it went into the western storytelling of villain of the week and this is a cool side story and then let's wrap it all up kind of a thing i mean i guess spoiler alert i wish they gave julia more of a uh, personality or a character yeah she could have been in the series a lot more yeah she could have been in a little bit more yeah yeah that's where when i say like two or three more episodes i wish that storyline could have extended a little bit more and then i think that's a safe spoiler and then the final battle being five minutes if that uh, no, I, I kind of understand where that one is coming from. Well, it's like a final charge, too, and, like, it's all energy, it's all emotion. He knew yeah. it was coming to an end. And that's and that kind of goes on the, the basis of, like, remember how Star Wars Episode Six ended, where, like, that lightsaber fight, at, like, with, with Luke and Darth Vader at the end, is only, like, two and a half minutes of footage. You know, there's not a lot going on in, in that fight because it's all emotion, yeah. and you know, and you understand how the characters are feeling. Therefore, you don't need to put that much on screen. I guess it makes it feel different when it's like a 23 minute episode. It's also different when you binge watch it because, True. like, think back to when Cowboy Bebop aired in America for the first time. We needed to wait a week for every single one of those episodes to come out. So we had to sit with those emotions in two-part episodes, you know? Yeah. Yep. So it's different. Yeah. Did you watch the movie yet? No, I have not. Oh, oh yeah, do your favor. The Cowboy Bebop yeah, movie, movie is so good. Uh, is it on mm-hmm. any uh, streaming sites, anything like that? Let me check for you. Yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah. I've got it on a DVD if you ever need yeah. it. <laughs> a divot? I do. I think I have it on Blu-ray, too. The mm. digital video disc. Oh, my computer's got a slot for divots. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's a rare... You must have You Actually, must have an ancient a, machine. It truly is a rarity. It's archaic. Oh, I dust it off every now and then, but it still wears. <laughs> <laughs> it's just got that little bit of Spunk 781 in it. <laughs> hey, it's my area code. And uh, <laughs> I, I then call you listeners to not stalk me. 
Obviously, I'm North Shore. That's uh, right. Apparently, it is streaming nowhere right now. Sweet. Nowhere. Nowhere. Um, it, it's if you if you're one for getting together a movie collection, you can find Cowboy Bebop on DVD for pretty cheap. Yeah. So and relatively uh, easily. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you can just go to like your local Newberry Comics, go to their used DVD section, and find a copy of Cowboy Bebop in there. Like, it, it's that easy to find. Um, highly recommend the movie. Yeah, yeah. so um, yeah. now I've actually restarted... Because I remember watching this when I was a kid, back watching Toonami. I remember a little yeah. bit of the first season, like, enough that I know elements of it, but not enough that I know what was happening or where it's going. So I started Yu Yu Hakusho over again. Nice! So oh, that's good. Same writer as Hunter x Hunter, and I did not know that till starting Hunter x Hunter, yeah. so... I'm He's gonna... also the husband of the creator of Sailor Moon, too. Honestly, looking back at the art style from the Yuhaka show, that was like 92, something like that? Yeah. Yeah, so I, I can kind of see that. That's contemporary. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. But I'm forgetting mm. how much I loved it, and hearing the voice actors, too. I keep looking them up, I'm like, okay, Kuwabara's Vegeta. I understand that. Uh, Hiei is... Um, Android 17 and Emperor Pilaf from Dragon Ball and I met him and he actually took my phone away from me and took three selfies with me and my face looked stupid in all three selfies <laughs> but, Chuck, but Chuck took my phone and he's like oh my god I'm great at this oh hold on let's take selfies here we go we're gonna do one like this we're gonna do one like this we're gonna do one like this <laughs> so, so hearing Hiei talk again I'm remembering the embarrassing selfie moment but <laughs> nice but i'm trying to get back into that and i've forgotten a lot of this story so it's i would love cool to get to back, get back. yeah i'd love to do you Haka show again yeah it's been for mm-hmm. it's been ages and ugh. i'm five episodes in so far so <laughs> nice uh, five or six yeah so you've already have a basically back to life yep back to life starting to hunt the uh three people who stole the three artifacts so, just mm-hmm. got introduced to Hiei and Kurama. Anybody else have a show that they would like to highlight? I was watching Dumbbells again. <laughs> you don't say! Yeah. It's, it's still best. a great show. It's literally the best show this season. Like, if, and if, and if, you, if you're not watching Dumbbells, you're literally watch, missing the best show this season. I'm, I'm not watching Dumbbells. I, Boo! I, I, the only thing that I'm really giving my time to is Dr. Stone. Uh, I, uh, I could be watching Dr. Stone... Uh, and I see, so I'm missing out on right now. I'm I'm missing out on Doctor Stone, and I'm missing out on. Is it wrong to pick up girls in a dungeon? And yeah, what else? I didn't even start that. Well, I have to watch my dark skin so song girls. Here's the thing about <laughs> about dumbbells is it's hard for me to find time to watch shows to begin with. Yeah. with my wife around, especially because she hates anime to begin with. Yep. Um, let alone watching an anime that is legitimately the epitome epitome of what people think stereotypical anime is. <laughs> so you know, if I, I mean, to- kind of, but at the same time, it isn't stereotypical anime. But not for people who don't watch it. Exactly. If you watch it at face value, it's everything that people just know about anime. Everything is porn. And that's and that's what you get out of Dumbbells if you 
don't understand what you're watching. Yeah, I'm I'm single and don't care, so, <laughs> so I can just watch whatever anime I want. You're just looking for another nice artist to... <laughs> yes. Now, the uh, the guy who created Dumbbells, his other uh, manga that takes place in that universe, uh, Kenshin Ashura, or Kenkin Ashura, just uh, popped up on Netflix the other day, too. And this one is... It, you say it's in the same universe, but it looks like yes. it's on a completely different plane of genre. I, so, you watch the arm wrestling episode. Uh, you know those big, giant buff guys you see in that little quick mantra? Uh, uh, montage? Yeah. The, I think those are guys from that manga series. Okay. Um, it's... It, it, that's interesting. So, I, I haven't seen any, any of Kengan Ashra at all. Mm-hmm. So I don't really know, but just looking at the art style at face value, that's what uh, I gathered. Yeah. And it's it's like a... What, what, describe the show to me. It's basically like a more hardcore version of Baki the Grappler. A, a more hardcore version of Baki the Grappler? Yeah! yeah. I didn't even know that was possible. Uh, yeah! Oh, it, <laughs> right. I'll try to find time. Like, are you talking about hardcore anime version, or like more like muscular aspect? But oh, there okay. are apparently some violent aspects to this. Like okay, muscular, so it's, beat it's... the shit out of Deku. Muscular, that's a jackass. <laughs> <laughs> jackass the anime? What? Oh my god, that would be great. Face. It's a stunt <laughs> chair face contest. Go. I will say that that would be great if they actually made a jackass cartoon. See, it wouldn't, though, because a cartoon can do anything. Jackass the anime. A human body can't, and that's what makes live action so special, and jackass so special, is because they're doing things that should only happen in cartoons, but they're doing them to humans. If they turned it into a cartoon, then you would just be like, yeah, all right. All right. A piano, a piano fell on cartoon Johnny Knoxville. Okay, humor me on this. They do Jackass okay. Four. Yep. And one of their stunts, all of a sudden, is some sort of anime cartoon of one of them doing a stunt. See, that would, would you... be fine. Yes, <laughs> that would be fine. A little tiny piece of what they do to be animated. Sure, let's do that. Let's see what it looks like. Like, it could be, like, the final bit. Kind of like how they did the musical number at the end of Jackass number two. Right. Not final but, bit, but just throw it in the middle. All of a sudden, like, Bam is riding on a unicorn or something, tries to do a jump and gets skewered. Like, uh, like Mad TV, when you'd be watching Mad TV and then all of a sudden Spy vs. Spy would come on. Yeah, right, exactly. Yes. <laughs> what were we talking about? Oh, yeah, that was right. We were, we were talking, talking about, about dumbbells. Yeah, dumbbells. Dumbbells. <laughs> um, but I, I'm not watching a whole lot of anime. This season, uh, I want to, but I just don't have the time. So Dumbbells is pretty much takes priority. Like, oh, it's Wednesday. Dumbbell comes out. I watch. I download Dumbbells and I watch it. And then, and then I'm going to. I still need to finish Shield Hero. I have like four or five episodes left of Shield Hero. Yeah, I I have to finish Shield Hero. I don't think I finished Shield Hero either. I think I'm in like the same spot you are. Uh, And then, but I really want to watch. I really want to try. does it matter if she's a pervert if if she's cute or whatever? That's that one's like. actually pretty interesting. Like I yeah. really, I want to I want to try watching that one. Yeah, and then but I I have a, a, the first couple episodes ready to go, but I haven't watched them yet. Right, and then 
And then I really want to finish... Is it okay to pick up girls in a dungeon and the other one I'm watching, which I just talked about. Dumbbells. What? Dumbbells. No, no, besides dumbbells. Dumbbells. Oh, you know what else is, that, is there? Is there Milf Sakai. Milf Sakai. Oh, Milfie Sakai. Milf Sakai, yes. Um, <laughs> Did you hear Milfie Sakai? Yeah, or uh, Mommy Sakai. Uh, <laughs> we gotta stick to, we only gotta stick to one wrong title here, yeah. guys. <laughs> Uh, I, well, I also Do you love your mom and her two-hit multi-attack? I think it's called. It is, but it's that's the wrong title. It's it's mommy isekai, ara ara isekai, milk isekai. Like, it should be like, censored whatever. in Japan. Isekai. Is it is it okay to bang your mom in a dungeon? No, <laughs> says Japan. There is no that does not happen in this late novel series. I can confirm that. Wait, what? I found out. Like I looked through everything about it. No, that does not happen in the mommy Sakai. Oh, I thought you said it did. I was like, no, okay. it doesn't. <laughs> no. Thank you, Evan, for doing the research. Yeah. You're welcome. No, nobody's gonna watch it. But <laughs> but either either way, um, every way. That, that's another one. And then Fire Force is another one that I I thought I think Fire Force is really mediocre. But the character designs are great, and by character designs, I mean that one girl. Yeah. Who's great. Uh, and I would watch a whole show because of that one girl's design. Because of the, the muscly summoner chick? Yeah. <laughs> you see, I, I like Fire Force, but I know that... I know the main protagonist kind of looks like Soul from Soul Eater, but I when I look at him, all I see is this weird hybrid of Beavis and Butthead. <laughs> The, like which, I said, the show's not great. It's fine. It's but it's not good. It is not good. I mm-hmm. I didn't even realize how much he looked like Soul from Soul Leader until you just said that. Yeah, but I think he looks more like Beavis and Butthead combined. That's, to be honest, that's really funny. <laughs> like every time he smiles, I can just picture him just going. <laughs> 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 Oh my god, the the one who like wields the fake Excalibur could be his other half yeah, in that whole thing. Pretty much. Oh my gosh, that's Beavis and Butthead. <laughs> it's Beavis and Butthead and Fire Force! <laughs> oh my god! It is it it is fact now, it is canon, those two are Beavis and Butthead. Um, well, speaking of comedies, I know we've talked about this anime a lot, but it just got a re-release on Blu-ray with an English dub, and that is Nietzsche Joe. That's right. Oh, yeah. I like it in Japanese. Yes, I gotta be I, honest. I have, I have my I, sub, and it's, I, the, I have my the, sub, and it's fine. The, the Japanese version is perfection, yes. But I will say, the dub is very good. It does take a little bit of time for you to get used to the voices of, like, Mio and Yuko. But when it comes to Nano and Hakase, those parts, they did an amazing job within the dub. But I totally understand why it took so long for them to dub it, because there are things in Nichijo that are said in Japanese that is impossible to translate because it's like a pun or a play on words. So... You know, they had to, like, work around a little bit of that here and there. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. So that's why it's very good. It's not totally great, but they do a very good job with the dub. Let me I ask have... you this then, Evan. Where do they stand on the soap Bob Hope joke? Soap. 
Okay. <laughs> That's how it is in the manga, too. Yeah. So, so as people, for people who don't understand that, when Nichijo first appeared on Crunchyroll back in 2011, they changed the subtitle of Soap into Bob Hope. And that's what made me turn off the show initially because I just like kind of gave up on it. So but then when I watched it again and they fixed it and went to the actual soap gag, they managed to do it right. And even in the dub, it's done very well. So what? Uh, so the the sketch is that a medium, a kid goes to a medium and asks to contact the dead. And the medium says that, like, testing, you're contacting Soap. Um, and they changed it to testing, you're, you're contacting, this is Bob Hope. Yeah. Um, so why do you hate the Bob Hope joke so much? I, I don't think I ever understood that. I think the reason why I hated it was it made zero sense whatsoever. You don't want to have hope in your life, Evan. <laughs> Uh, and I think it was them doing the uh, the impersonation of Bob Hope, which is them just going, Mike Tess! Mike Tess! Tess! Mike Tess! I'm like, that's not Bob Hope. This is not funny. Well, that's the... That was that was the point of the joke. It doesn't matter. We're past this. You love Nietzsche Joe now. Yes, <laughs> I love Nietzsche Joe now. It's uh, a great show. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. All right, hey. So let's bring this uh, this podcast full circle and let's uh, move on to our Tapagachi. How's that sound? Yeah. Let's talk about the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Isekai. <clears throat> Okay, so, so first you gotta be a loser. <laughs> Are you a loser yet? Good. You can survive an isekai because now you're the hero. So let's. So first off, let's talk about the different kinds of losers that are in isekai. The first one that comes to my my mind is neat. That's the only one that I really ever. Yeah. Uh, the other one that really comes to mind are the people who get run over by truck coon. <laughs> Yeah, no, that's, that's, I, I know. So weird. Or in Kazuma's sense, um, Tractor-san. <laughs> yeah, Kazuma from, uh, from... Kenosuba. From Kenosuba was run over by a slow-moving tractor. That was funny. <laughs> Who didn't trying even hit him, he just had a heart attack right there because he thought he was being hit by it. That's right, he was trying to save somebody's life and then he had a heart attack because he thought he was going to be run over by a tractor. That's, it's been a while since we've seen the first episode. So never leave your plane, your material plane, without your tractor? Or without your without your truck? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and then, 
Man, I, I really think that because the only one Re Zero was was a neat, uh, Cosmo was a neat, um, the guy in Overlord was a neat, right? Yep. Yeah. And then uh, I would. I, so the guy in Rhapsody Death March, mm-hmm. Death March Rhapsody, whatever it was called, because that show sucks. <laughs> um, he wasn't really a neat, but he was living at his job, making the game that was right. there. So I guess he was kind of, I mean, he was a loser, but he was, <laughs> because, like, because he was making a game with 12-year-old girls in it. Oh, man. Like, it was just so stupid. It was like, every girl is under the age of 11. It's like, what is this anime? And he's a 30-year-old playing a 15-year-old. <laughs> because it's a different Just world. like voice actors in real life. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and then Kirito, though, was just... Is a loser. It was just a bad anime loser. Just a regular. Yeah, yeah. Loser. Well, technically, that's not really an isekai. Beater, beater. Yeah, even Outbreak Company. He was a kind of a neat too. Oh yeah, that's right. That was pretty good, I guess. Yeah, mom isekai. The son's a loser because he hates his mom. Yeah, <laughs> that's a. It's such a strange premise. That one, because it's it, the whole point, and it's weird because it. It, they're in a game, so it's not really an isekai because they're in a controlled environment. Where an isekai, you're not in a controlled environment almost. Mm-hmm. So, is it an isekai? I don't know. So, no, I, I think it's another type of. I think it's a subgenre, kind of like how, uh, kind of like how Sword Art Online is kind of a subgenre because they're just inside a video game. Mm. Okay, so no game, no life. There were two neats. So what I'm yes. thinking is, right. I love Overlord though because it brings you into the mind of someone who's on the villain end of things. If we're mm-hmm. doing this Hitchhiker's Guide to the Isekai, does it have rules that are for both the hero and the villain? Yeah, probably. I don't know if the book will, but I would say yes. In my in my in mine, it would. But the thing about him is that he didn't realize he was a villain until season three. Yeah. And Shield Hero, he, he was knew. made he the villain. Feelings. No, remember in like season three, there's this moment where he's like, "Wait, I'm the bad guy." I'm gonna I'm gonna repeat this just just for the sake of uh, making sure that we have this plot point too. Uh, that Shield Hero, technically, he's the villain too. People, the people in the game made him the villain, mm-hmm. and you could argue that an overlord, technically, the people around him made the villain, made him the villain because he thought he was doing good and he thought he was a good guy, right? Mm-hmm. So it's kind of the same thing. So uh, in that case, yes, I would say that it would follow those same rules. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so back to no game, no life, and mom isekai. You need to have some kind of taboo fetish. <laughs> oh, and Death Death March Rhapsody, he's a pedophile. Yeah, okay, there you go. <laughs> and ReZero, he likes the worst girl. Actually, um, it's actually... He's not the pedophile, the author is a pedophile. Yes, right. Yes. Because yes. <laughs> he doesn't want to smash any of the young girls. They're just all young girls. Who want to smash him. Who want to who smash the author, yeah. So... <laughs> Okay. Um, yeah. You have to make sure that you can bring your cell phone, too. Yes, right. Somehow, you have to go to some place where technology that shouldn't work, based off of satellite feeds. Oh, which was how they did Ragnarok. 
the Ragnarok anime. Or, right, uh, and yeah. Another World with my smartphone, too. Another World with yeah. my smartphone. Well, everybody knows about... There's a lot more people who know about Another World with my smartphone than they do about Ragnarok, because literally nobody watched Ragnarok, just me. That's the <laughs> one where he can cross-dimension use his smartphone to Yeah, because friend, because right? his satellite... Because he has a um, solar-powered cell phone. But it still <laughs> travels cross-dimensions. I know we've had this conversation before, but it still bothers me. The no show end. is so bad. It was so bad. I just couldn't... They didn't even show you how he got to the world. It just... They they explained it to you, but the story was in the middle, in the midst of it. Mm-hmm. So it was really, really stupid. And he just <laughs> talks to the girl he likes over, and they're like, "Are you safe?" It's like, "Yeah, I'm safe." And there's it's, a lot it's of girls. It's kind of similar to Another World with my smartphone because there's a like, lot of girls who want to smash my dick, and it's like I'm saying no because I like you. It's just like okay, I get it. <laughs> At least in another world with my smartphone, it starts out with the main character face to face with God and God being like, uh, I'm sorry I accidentally killed you. That was my bad. <laughs> um, you, alright, so, so, next thing. Oh, yeah, that's right. Uh, I bet you there's a chapter in there that tells you about. Um, how to fall in love with somebody or how to make somebody fall in love with you, I imagine that the instructions are do absolutely nothing. (laughs) Do nothing to deserve it. No, no, no. Wear lots of zippers. (laughs) (laughs) Wear lots of zippers or track suits. Yes. Track suits are very popular. (laughs) Or lots of zippers like a 90s Rob Liefeld comic. That's right. (laughs) Well, his includes pockets. Oh, yeah, his pockets. Pockets and zippers. Oh, no, he didn't... Yeah, his was pockets, not zippers. Not zippers. Um, but... Yeah, so, okay, so... Always bring your tracksuit. Have a strength... Have some sort of weird fetish. Um... Wait, oh, so, wait a minute. You just said always wear your tracksuit. Is that the towel? That's probably the towel. That's the towel. Yeah. And for those of you who haven't read The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, always bring your towel... Because if you have a towel, that means that you have, like, all these other space provisions. And if you don't, people are legally... People and aliens are legally obligated to give you all of those things. So, if you wear a tracksuit in an isekai, people are legally obligated to give you all these things that you don't have. We solved it! (laughs) (laughs) Great. Um... So that means so always always have your tracksuit. Have some sort of weird fetish. What was the third? What was the other one that we said? It was the th- like the first point. Um, oh, you have to be a loser. You have to be a loser. Yeah. Be a loser. Tracksuit. Do do nothing to fall in love. Do nothing to fall in love. Or zippers. <laughs> yeah, or zippers. <laughs> or zippers. <laughs> um, this is good so far. Yeah. Right. This is the most complete <laughs> topic that we've had in a also, long time. You also have to earn the right to be powerful by doing nothing. Right, yeah. Apparently your loserness, like the, I, your level, your loser levels are how powerful you are in the other dimension. Oh, yeah. You have to have parental issues. Yes. Sometimes. Well, Either raised kind by of a single mother, single father, usually. Or you're on your own suddenly, like it wasn't No Game, No Life, where you just had the brother and sister. Most of them are on their own. Most of them are just living by themselves. Yep. 
I would say, um, in regards to Saga of Tanya the Evil, the shittier the person you are, the worse off the other world you're going to is going to be. I suppose could you could you technically weigh that on a scale next to Konosuba as well, or is it just the people that he's around? It's just the people he's around. Mm. Think about it; he's around the the rest of the cast of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia in that show. Yeah, because he's not really he's not evil. He's not evil, and, and the place he he lives in isn't evil. But in Saga of Tiny Evil, she's in the middle of World War One. So then would you say that in the, in regards to the same thing as the loser level, like the higher you are of a loser you are, the more powerful you are, the that the other world will also reflect like how evil you are or how much of a jerk you are or how good at games you are, that it, it's going to mirror that. And I, and I know that right now yes. I'm, I'm literally just talking about how to write a story, which is, you know... Obviously, the the two who are good at games are going to be transported into a world where games are really good. Well, you're but, also talking about how to write a story, which is the weakness of the writers of, of light novels. Yeah, so. but but then again, if we're talking about something like Kenosuba, th- being a jerk is not a skill, yet everybody in it's a jerk. So it kind of works in that sense, yes. too. I'm trying to think of another aspect. I think that we got it pretty covered. I think we, we, we wrote their book for them. Well, we, we the, these are the what we predict should be in the, the book. The ability so. to live a pure life, but have the ability to break out of it. You know, people who live the straight life. Like, I'm also thinking Overlord in this, with the whole geeky protagonist, and how he uses his character. But now all of a sudden, he's in there, so... Oh, now you have this ability to go past what you usually did. It's your chance mm. to go past your moral standards. And... I suppose that's true because that's kind of how Mommy Sakai is going. Because he, he wants to do that, go past his you moral standards, but his mom won't let limits. him. Yeah. Or break boundaries, yeah. break limits, break, you know. That's also That also kind of goes along with the be, as, be the most powerful being without deserving it or earning it. <laughs> true, actually, yeah. Just depends on what aspect of life you're looking at, but yeah, be the most powerful you can, apparently. Yeah. Sweet. Isekai. So if you guys, if any of you guys get the Isekai book, which I don't think anybody will, uh, <laughs> you know, someone's gonna have to translate it. There, there will be like one guy that's gonna translate it and release it on the net. Apparently, just look out the for points. Towel-y, just make sure you bring a towel. Well, that was that's in the wor- words of Ford Perfect as well. I'm raised on South Park, not Hitchhiker's Guide. <laughs> well, you should taught me everything I know about space travel. I, well, I mean, actually, South Park. I know Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy to... because of a text-based adventure I used to play as a kid. Yes, same thing. <laughs> Never read same the books, thing. but I know of it because of that. A- yep. Addictinggames.com back in the late '90s. Back in the day. <laughs> Yeah, it's as big of a throwback as Rocco. I used to. Um, I watched the original BBC miniseries of yeah. Hitchhiker's Guide, and I did, you know, watch the Disney movie, which wasn't that great. Although there were a couple of good performances. Rest in peace, Alan Rickman. You were awesome in that film. I we I, I Christine and I just rewatched that film, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. The it, you said Disney, yeah, Disney. 
I know Jim Henson had a lot to do, or the Jim Henson Company had a lot to do with it. I, I like it a lot. I love that movie. I, I mean, compare it to the, if you ever watched the miniseries, they're actually making a new Hitchhiker's Guide miniseries, too. Mm, or rather, it might be a full-fledged series because they're going to adapt all the books. I heard that the BBC one wasn't that great, though. The one from the 80s? Yeah. There's not a lot. It's entertaining. These days. Yeah. Brexit. <laughs> <laughs> All I'm saying is that South Park is probably more in tune with our earlier conversation about Rocco. Member Rocco? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> member Mops? <laughs> Just, I remember. And our topic has collapsed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just like the Isekai genre. <laughs> <laughs> Alright. So, um, with that, do we have any fan service that needs to be... I mean, like, we, we talked about the um, the Kenosuba writer one before. Yeah, there was something uh, referenced earlier, too. I'm not sure who talked about that in the Discord. Let me see. Let me check it out for you. Uh, While we're in dead air, I'm just going to say I'm really fucking pissed at my neighbor's upstairs right now. Oh, my fucking God. Oh, yeah. I don't know... We didn't talk about this um, at all, but Wicked Fan Gerardo sent us the news about a Gretzko season three happening. That's right. Yeah, yeah, that's I, a good point. I'm, I'm into it. I, let's, let's do it. Let's go. A Gretzko season. I finished a Gretzko season two in one day. I just give me another one. Just give me another one. All right. Um, okay. I got Megadaffy here for uh, for last week's Topagachi. So he says, as for the main topic, which was the beach episodes, his favorite beach episodes are the Azamanga Daya ones, the Film Metal Panic for Mofu one, uh, which he says, seriously, you guys need to watch this series, and the Outlaw Star one, which technically oh, he says is a Hot yeah. Springs one, but uh, still. That was technically a Hot Springs episode. That, yeah, he yes. He mentions that here. Yeah. Which technically also isn't a fan service episode because it's main. It's a main plot point to the story. It, yeah, and they never showed it on Cartoon Network. Yeah, because you saw Aisha Clank. They just built the fan service into it. Like, oh, you're going to have to get to this. Trust me. You'll have to watch it. <laughs> I also see that Megadaffy wanted to make sure that he was very happy to hear us talk about the Backyard Sports series that he played as a kid. <laughs> usually mixing his teams with pro kids and backyard kids. So, uh... Oh yeah, I forgot that the later games had pro. I remember that backyard football had Tom Brady in That's it. That's right. Yep. You know, and uh, Megadaffy back, also says in the soccer uh, on the PC all day, every day. <laughs> and Pablo. through the uh, through the music share, Megadaffy and I were actually going back and forth because last because uh, Megadaffy actually got tuned into listening to the band I gave the album of the year to last year. Fucked up. And he says, I gotta tell you, Fucked Up's David Comes to Life and Dose Your Dreams are life-changing experiences. Listen to them. Wow. So, thank you for actually listening to those albums. They are both <laughs> amazing records. And right now, uh, AFLM and I are in the midst of already starting to churn away at our top albums list. And mm-hmm. I'm really hoping at least half of the bands that are coming out with albums come out with stinkers because there's too many good bands releasing new shit, man. Yeah. Yep. I know one already dropped off of Andrew's list. 
Yeah, well, I think a couple have. Yeah. There's there's two that I think I know have. of one. Yeah, there's two that I've dropped off my list because they were mildly disappointing, and then... Sounds like he described it to me. Yeah, well, I know. And then the one... Tragically And then the one that I was the most nervous about may be my number one album. Which Are you is, talking about Battle Beast? No, I'm talking about Twilight Force. Battle Beast, oh, okay. is at, Battle Beast is at the bottom, but so far, Twilight Force may be releasing the best album they've released yet. Wow. Okay, I'll have to take a listen to that, because right now it's... Bat, like battle, like bands that you have introduced me to, and bands that we both share, Battle Beast and Sabaton have released like two of the best albums this year on my end. Yeah, well, and that's just it. Is is Sabaton's releasing? But and and they should be number one, but they may be number two if Twilight Force just crushes this album. And so far, they are. Oh yeah, my right. gosh, are they crushing this album? It's going to be so amazing. All right, I'll have to take a listen to that as well. No. But on the subject Evan, of Sabbath, yeah. I think we have a band that we both share. And I think something's coming up pretty soon. Uh, are you talking about Beck? No. Oh, come on. No. We're going to see Vampire Weekend. Oh, Vampire Weekend, Five Over the Bride. That is an excellent album as well. I was, Despite it being a little bit more stripped back than Modern Vampires of the City, it is an excellent record. It is a summer album. In three weeks. I know, man. I've got my ticket right here. I have it right here up on my... Uh, I'll call it my above monitor mantle. <laughs> but I'm just saying the bands that Andrew and I share, because odds are I don't think Andrew likes Vampire Weekend. You're right, I don't. <laughs> That's why I'm trying to step on your turf, bro. <laughs> But yeah, it's August. We got four months to go on that list, and it's going to be interesting. And not to mention, I know we talked Sabaton. We should mention that it was announced that uh, Joachim is good. Or yes, how do you pronounce his right. name? Joachim Broden. Joachim is Broden to be in the on the new Baby Metal album. May which if the new Baby Metal album winds up being amazing, like, and if the new Sabaton album takes the number one spot, there could be a little correlation between my J-pop and world albums list for the number one album that's crazy yeah i might end up buying the new baby metal album just to hear that (laughs) i'm getting it for free because i'm going to see them live (laughs) this freaking dog upstairs holy (laughs) crap what dog driving me nuts yeah we we uh, we're apparently we're having upstairs problems with everybody derek has neighbors blasting music we have a dog that's been barking for the last 15 minutes so it's amazing that the dog hasn't passed out from yeah i haven't heard your dog literally no i haven't heard the dog either it's vibrating from the fucking i can hear the bass i I can hear the i can hear the bass too feel the bass right now All right, then it's time for us. Let, let's do the shameless plugs. Let's get out of here. Okay. Okay, okay guys, if, if you guys are familiar with the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy and you want to add some pieces of the guide, maybe a Hitchhiker's Guide to our Isekai Galaxy, uh, you can email us at wickedanimereviews at gmail.com. That's wickedanimereviews, all one word, at gmail.com. You can also find us at facebook.com slash wickedanime, where you can message us there, look at our news stories, like and share any articles that we have or news about our events and you can comment on anything you can imagine 
You can also find us at nerdyshow.com slash wickedanime if you're already listening to the podcast there. If you're not listening to it in places like iTunes or Podchasers or Stitcher or wherever the hell you listen to podcasts, you can probably find us there. Go, go, go get. You can also find our videos at youtube.com slash wickedanimereviews. You can find us on all of our social medias, like Twitter, and tweet us at Yo Wicked Anime. And of course, jump on that Discord. You can go to the Facebook page and find the invite link to the Wicked Anime Discord that will be up there forever. If you all want to jump on and just share your anime memes and talk about whatever the heck you want that we talk about on this show, you can find me at facebook.com slash aflmart. Uh, and we look at the progress of my comic book. I'm finally building the website for the webs uh, for the webcomic so very soon we will have a launch for the webcomic i'm also open for commission uh and if hey if you want to see some fun gameplay videos of me just tooling around and memeing out on some games i have i have an alternate youtube channel called stick figure czar that's stick figure czar c-z-a-r no spaces and uh you can watch me play some awesome siege yay yeah evan Alright, so for the recent news, reviews, podcast episodes, and videos featuring members of the Boston Basher Brigade, you can find us at www.b3crew.com. If you have any questions, comments, or if you are in a band and want to be featured on the No Borders, No Race podcast show, you can write to us at thebastards at bostonbashbrigade.com. You can follow me on Tumblr at b3crew.tumblr.com. On <laughs> and on Twitter... And the J-Pop, Video Games and Anime Amino pages at KingBaby.esh. Like us on Facebook.com slash Boston Bash Brigade and Facebook.com slash Land of Ash. And don't forget about all the other sites under the Land of Ash, including the Electric Sisterhood, Phyllis Recap and Review, and Smashbrook. Uh, if, for those who are interested in indie gaming, come down to the Boston Festival of Indie Games on uh, Saturday, September 14th. And it is going to be held at, uh, let me pull this up very, very, very quickly. I am sorry. It's going to be held at the Harvard Athletic Complex. This will be a great place for you to try out new card games, new video games. It's a lot of fun. You get to, a lot of, you get to meet a lot of really cool people and developers. Uh, I go every single year. Sometimes it's an okay year. Sometimes it's a great year. But you always have fun trying out a lot of these titles. Uh, Alif or Derek, how about you? Well, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Alif or Derek. Otherwise, I have just recently climbed Mumbo's Mountain, ridden around Treasure Trove Cove, gone down into Clanker's Cavern, up around Bubble Loop Swamp, up around Freezes Peak. I've been marathoning Banjo-Kazooie as fast as I can because I haven't played it in over a decade. Started playing playing it again. And in two days, I'm like 75% done with it already, completing each level as I'm going along. Was our former roommate Andy the one who inspired you to go back to Banjo-Kazooie? No, I played the hell out of that in Banjo-Tooie. And I got the Xbox, uh, oh god, the Live Pass, Game Pass, something like that, the Game Pass. Nice. And that actually has it included with it. And I'm just doing a $1 trial for the month. So I'm marathoning through this as fast as I can. Because I've got one month and I've got to finish that in Banjo-Tooie. 
and then I cancel the subscription before they charge me $16. (laughs) (laughs) Excellent. Alright, everybody. We gotta get out of here because our neighbors are bugging us. There's a dubstep party upstairs! All of our neighbors. So, uh, until next time. Boots and cats and boots and cats. (laughs) Uh, Until next time. We will see you on the interwebs, and it is time for us to sign off the only way we know how. K-Mine! So much bass! Wait, 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 wait. Since Greg is not here, I have to do this thing for him. So here's here's what I want to do, and it might cut out our microphone, like it did at the beginning of the recording. But I want to hold our microphone up to the ceiling and see if we can get catch the dog on audio. He's been barking for a good twenty minutes now. See how rollers rise. Alright, let's try it. No, 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 Nothing. That's good. I've got subwoofer problems. You got fake woofer problems. (laughs) (laughs) I swear it's barking. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.